0: And welcome to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host Sonya Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host Laura Shook Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success but fulfillment and freedom. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs, mothers, and multiple business owners how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women we have worked with have given us insights and wisdom to share with you. We get honest, vulnerable, and real about what we've seen and experienced. We would love for you to join us in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here, as always, with my gorgeous host, Laura Shook-Guzman. Hey, Laura. <laughs>
1: Hello, my friend. How are you doing? I am in- excited to talk with you again, as usual. Yeah,
0: And we are going to wrap up this amazing topic today. So, if you've missed... Our other two parts, you definitely want to go back and listen to them. But what we're talking about today is a statistic that I found that is, you know, only 12% of women-owned businesses are making over 100000 a year in revenue, not salary, not profit, Revenue, including all their expenses, all their taxes, all their childcare, everything. So, the first week, we really dove in to talk about some of the systemic issues that are getting in the way of women making more money. And we talked about those so that we could share with you that yes, it's not all you. Nothing is wrong with you. And yes, we have to encounter things outside of ourselves that are a challenge. But last week, we dove into some of the internal stuff that's getting in our way. What are some of the mindsets and belief systems that we're hitting as women that are stopping us from making more money. So we dove a little bit into that. This week, I wanted to switch it up a little bit, and we thought we would talk about what are some of the things that you can do to create more revenue in your business. Now, obviously, we're talking about lots of different kinds of businesses here, and we're not Mm going to necessarily, you know, cover it all or any any specifics or any tactics, but what Mm -hmm. we are going to do is cover some thinking around this. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm excited. I think this is a perfect way to kind of the three-part series Mm. um, to end on this note of like, what can we do to really take this conversation and move it forward? Hopefully the listeners are ready with pen and paper because we're going to talk a little bit more. Yeah. Logistics. Yes.
0: And you guys, I think the first thing that we really need to kind of bring up is that, you know, Obviously we've talked about some of the systemic issues like we are encountering some things that are very difficult to change especially immediately as we know because we've been you know looking for gender equality for a long ass time and we're still not there yet. But Mm -hmm. the way that I feel that real change begins is with us, right? So we do have so much power to change our experiences and to even like minorly tweak things that will allow us to have more profit or to have more revenue or to have more time to invest in our business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we have to look at. Where do we have the power? It's great to look at the systemic issues so we have awareness, but really, it starts with working on ourselves first.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just this piece that you've highlighted is stepping into the possibilities. Where do we have power? So we yeah. look at we look at where the systems are holding us back. We look at where we are internally holding ourselves back. And then now we want to look at. But how do we shift that dynamic and how do we really step into a place of power? And I think it was Marianne Williamson that has this beautiful quote that mm. we are not actually afraid of what we can't do. We're more afraid that we're powerful beyond measure. That's yeah. her term, powerful beyond measure. And that is so true. Like our abilities here on this planet at this time are just like unlimited. We can do so much. And with understanding, like shifting our positioning around that, around what we're here to do and the power that we have, I think is really, really exciting. It's a game changer.
0: I think so too. I think so too.
1: All right. So let's dive into
0: a couple of these things. I always like to go from the inside out. So let's start with what we can change inside, right? And we talked a little bit about this last week, so we're not going to talk extensively about it this week, but I think we have to learn to better navigate our internal world, right? So what is that mindset and the emotions, the belief systems, the trauma, anything that we experience around making money? Around sales, around our success in the world, around our time, right? They they are literally all part of this little statistic that we're talking about. Oftentimes, we aren't putting in the time that we want to put into our business because we feel obligated in other areas, which we talked about last week. You know, so time is one of those factors. Sales is definitely one of those factors, and that goes right in hand in hand with pricing. You know, what are the beliefs we have around money and and fear of charging anything and fear of asking for anything, fear of, fear of getting support. There's a lot of ways in which sort of our internal self is really limiting our success, limiting our profitability and limiting our income. And so, you know, becoming more aware of how to navigate that is really key.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I kind of made that... Um, suggestion that people grab pen and paper. And I know if you're driving, you can't do that. But as, as you were saying that this might be, um, you know, a place to even think about those if you wanted to write those things down that Sonia just said is kind of buckets. Like these are little Mm -hmm. areas, um, you know, how we feel about like time and sales and pricing, value, like all of these different things are kind of buckets within your internal landscape that you can look at to be like, how well am I doing in that area? Um, And where am I really feeling in a place of power? And where am I feeling like I am devaluing myself? Mm -hmm. So I just think that's kind of where my brain went as you were talking about. It's like, those are really kind of good categories to be thinking as we talk about, not just how am I going to step into more power in my business, but you might find that there are areas that you're already doing a lot of this work already. And then there's some that you're not even looking at because they might be scarier or just unconscious.
0: Yeah. And I think along those lines, one of the things to recognize the path to creating more financial stability and more financial success, you know, part of it is allowing ourselves the process right? So often we just want to fix it. We just want to, you know, that's where that masculine comes in. We just want to get it down. We just want to get to the end point. And you see a lot of people teaching you tactics, for instance, here, here's how you can add $10,000 mm-hmm. to your income tomorrow, you know, like all this stuff. But I think we really have to get real and, and allow ourselves the process. And yeah. this is what, you know, I find with the clients I work with. Sometimes they come into the program and they want to make money, right? They want to make financial stability right away. And I love that. That's great. But- Everyone has a different process. The more you have internally to work on, the longer that process is going to be. Some people get money really quickly and then they hit all the internal stuff later. Like there's no one way that this works. And so, you know, financial stability and long term financial success as a goal requires a certain process, a certain level of development, a certain level of skill building. And so I think, you know, one of the things we can do is have more patience and more awareness that it takes time to create stability. There is no stability that is created overnight. There is no stability that is created quickly. If you make money quickly, it won't be stable. Yeah. (laughs) Let's be
1: honest. (laughs) That's right. And yeah, I mean, this is even why uh, the phenomenon with people who win even money really yeah. quick overnight, don't yeah. keep it, right. you know, because there wasn't any skill building and even how to manage money or what to do with those large sums. So yeah. they just basically end up with less money than they had before they won the lottery That's often. Right. Um, and so you have to think about that in business, you are building a skill set on financial, like accumulating wealth. And then how do you really use that or what kind of relationship do you have that um, to that in your in your life. And I mean, this is definitely a challenge in so many, the startup culture and the mindset is just like overnight Mm. success. And, um, and we reward that, like, who's the most successful person by the age of 20, you know, used to be under thirties. Now they've got Mm. the under twenties and our younger generation, they're feeling a lot of stress because there's a lot of expectations for them to do so much in a very short amount of time. So we have to Go back to that knowing um, that things do take time and stepping into your power takes awareness and it takes time and it takes a lot of compassion and gentleness to keep urging ourselves to grow. Right. That's right. And, and I think
0: that can be the most challenging part is the, is the time it takes. And and I think part of it is because we've lost the culture of skill building, you know, like decades Mm -hmm. ago, you know, skill building was a part of the process. You learned how to do something, you became an apprentice, maybe you followed someone in their footsteps, you eventually became an expert or a master after years and years and years and years. Now we have this new culture where everyone thinks they're an expert immediately, or because they've had one experience with something, all of a sudden they're the expert in it, you know, and so we've lost the value of skill building. And same with our kids, we expect them just to be good at everything, or we, you know, like in school, They want someone just to, you know, quickly take a test and then, you know, that's it, they've passed. There's no real attention on building skills over time, over experience, learning them deeply, learning them in a more grounded way. And business requires a significant amount of skill building. And if you've been in business long enough, you will know that because you will have Mm -hmm. learned a bunch of skills or you will have been stuck for a long period of time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we actually need to shift and change our mindset around money, around building our businesses so that we create something more sustainable. So it's looking at it in terms of, hey, this process takes time and this process is about skill building and I can put one thing in front of another. I can build one brick at a time and then add a brick and add a brick and eventually I will get to a super strong and solid business that is producing amazing money, that is creating everything I need, that is making amazing impact in the world. I think if we can shift that mindset, it's going to change how women are working in the business world.
1: Yes, yes. And, you know, it makes me think that this is where comparison becomes a problem we've talked yeah. about before because um, I think as women are, because I'm thinking about back to this number of 12% of women making $100,000 or more, then, you know, women or listeners right now might be like, yeah, so how are we going to do that? How are we going to skill build if we're already. There's only 12% of us making this money. How can we be patient enough to skill build when like people are racing by, you know, it's like that belief is that we're getting left behind sometimes when you're as a mom and as a mother, you're, I mean, as a woman, you're balancing all these things. And I think that this is where we kind of have to go back into this internal, um, dialogue with ourselves and understand, like, are you trying just to have overnight success? Do you want one year where you're making over that hundred thousand, or like, is it okay to be building a different kind of business yeah. and a business that takes time to build and that you can stay focused, kind of like the turtle and the hare. Can you stay focused as the turtle just going and going and kind of let the hairs go zoom, 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 you know, like yep. next to you and know that that that's okay. Because I wonder if a part of that mindset of the reason that more women aren't is that we're kind of like telling ourselves that we can't yeah. if we aren't doing it at that pace. And that somehow we're getting discouraged and we're kind of stepping off the track yep. um, because we are telling ourselves that we can't. And in actuality, we can, but we have to do it differently. Yeah, totally. I, I think it's so true. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think, you know, that in in some ways makes me think as well, like, you know, the the thing that I teach, you know, both the public and my clients is that it's a three-year journey from a solid foundation to have financial stability. So uh, that's from a solid foundation. Now, 99.9% of a lot of women-owned businesses don't have a solid foundation. So then right there, one of the things that we need to do to increase our income is to get more clear about our foundations. It's to get back to some real business principles Because here's what I see, especially in the service industry, which it's so easy to you know sort of set up shop you know which is why we've talked about how it takes more than a laptop and a website you know but mm-hmm. a lot of people think all they have to do is kind of just put something out there just put their services out there and that's it but that is not what's working in the world anymore and therefore it's not what's creating any income and i'm watching businesses fail daily because they don't have a solid foundation so what do i mean by a solid foundation they need to be super specific and clear about what their target market is they need to be have they need to actually have a very strategic packaging and pricing they need to have an understanding of their business model their financial model like their profit model you know so we gotta like you gotta have a clear understanding of all of that you need to have a sales process you need to be skilled in sales these are the basics like you need to understand mindset you need to to know how to create a business that's aligned with you these literally are like the basic foundations now most everyone is focused on marketing right they're focused on social media they're focused focused on vanity metrics, none of that will build your business to be financially stable. None of it. It -hmm. requires that foundation. And what you will see is people who tried very quickly to go out, they spent years spinning in that marketing and that lead generation and that social media. Eventually, if if they're going to succeed past that three-year mark, they have to go back to their foundations. I take people yeah. who've been in business 10 years back to their foundations. Like, it literally is a really core piece of what you need to have long-term financial stability. So I believe that is one of the other reasons why a lot of women are not making income. They've, they're going into very flooded industries without a solid foundation, without an understanding of business principles, because we've gotten so focused like marketing equals business, which it does not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Vanity metrics. I really appreciate that term because I think it captures what a lot of online businesses are going for, too. And, you know, you don't have to people can't pull the curtain back on your social media so you can present in a way that looks like you're extremely successful, but nobody's really looking at your books. And so it's easy to have those vanity metrics without a solid foundation. And, you know, um, so I think we're, it's a a skewed perspective because everyone's looking at um, these other businesses and they're thinking, oh, I should be able to do that. But you don't know what's underneath there. And if they aren't building those solid foundations, then you're not gonna be able to continue your revenue, revenue growth. And yeah, and I think that um, it's interesting that we live in that time where everything can be, isn't there a a term in marketing that's also like about when you kind of gloss over, you create some sort of illusion. Um, I can't remember what it is. So we'll just stick to the vanity metrics like that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, you know, so how do you really build the depth and how do you find your own power? I think, you know, for even my own story, I've gone up and down with my sense of um, success because I've constantly battled um, the rising costs of mm. property in Austin. So yeah. in Austin, Texas, if people are listening, um, you know that I live here and um, mm-hmm. the costs are rising in real estate. And everyone's moving into Austin is one of the rapid, most rapidly growing cities. And you do have to... Um, Consider and this kind of goes back to the external, like you have to consider what are the external limitations, but where is your power to do something about it? So I am actually thrilled that I will be going in front of the Travis County Appraisal District tomorrow. (laughs) Yay. Um, And I will be talking to them about small businesses and the crippling impact of rising property taxes. Yeah. That's right? fantastic. Well, right. And and, <laughs> and this, there's this, power in my voice, even yeah. though they're like pulling my my they're affecting my revenue. Yeah. Um I am luckily in that 12%. I am making over 100, but I am losing that money every day to rising cost of my local community and city that doesn't understand the role that I'm playing in the local economy. And there's power in becoming an advocate and educating people about the role or the advantages that your business is bringing the greater good, the greater society.
0: Look, and I think that brings us into some of the structural things that we have to look at. If we're going to make more money, we have to become more aware of our business models, right? Because, so this is one of the things that frustrates me a lot about, you know, people throwing out numbers, right? So a lot of people talk about what they make or they made millions or whatever it is, or, you know, even over 100K revenue, that means nothing. Like revenue is a really challenging number to look at because that doesn't tell me how much profit you're making. Mm -hmm. You can be making 100,000 a year and you are losing 50,000 of your own money, because your expenses are actually 150000 a year, right? So right. this is the kind of thing mm-hmm. that is, million-dollar you know,
1: companies, you know, you think, oh, they're, yeah. like, making millions yeah. of
0: dollars, but their
1: expenses are millions of dollars, yeah. so. Yes,
0: and this is the difference, right, that I share a lot because I literally know, I know people who are making millions in revenue who are bringing home $5,000 a month. And I know people who are making $100,000 in revenue who it's all profit right? Yeah. So, so let's talk about the vast differences. So what we need to be looking at in terms of, you know, if we want to make more money, one of the things that we can assess that we can get support with, because this is great to have a business coach or mentor or someone who understands business models to help us look at what our profit model, business model, financial model is so that we can look at, is there a way to have more profit? Is there a way to cut back our expenses? You know, what expenses are really needed and what aren't? I mean, oftentimes I can cut like half of my client's expenses because what they're spending money on is not adding to their bottom line. It's not adding to their business. It's something they think they should have, but it's not really providing any value. I mean, we have to begin to look at financial models. For service businesses, you have the opportunity to have very high profit business models. And yet- Oftentimes you're spending, or you know, service businesses are spending a huge amount of their profit or a huge amount of their businesses. Their their income on things they don't need, things that aren't relevant, or they have a bad business model. So, for instance, a lot of people are still selling by the hour, as an example. And then what ends up happening is you have a limited capacity to receive income, and you have a certain amount of expenses mm-hmm. you you know put out there, or you're renting, or there's literally so many variations of a business model, of a profit mm-hmm. model of a financial model. But what we need to do is get clear about what we have and the real potential for profit.
1: Yes. And be willing to take some to make some shifts like yeah. this is what's happening right now in, in my business as well is like I've been doing it for 11 years and I have a lot of great ideas but I kind of was hitting a little bit of a wall so I've brought in a new management team who also has experience running a co-working space and I'm letting them throw out, throw the, throw some new ideas on the wall. And I will admit it is hard. And my brain wants to go, well, I've tried it like that. And you're going to hit that obstacle and we can't do it that way. And then I've just stopped myself and been like, you know what? That probably was because five years ago, I tried that maybe it's another year. It's another Mm. day. And it's like, so letting fresh ideas, letting perspectives for me, that wasn't a business coach. It's a new, it's a partnership with like a management team that has a lot of experience looking at doing what I do, but from a fresh perspective. So you're going to have to loosen control sometimes (laughs) when you want to shift and ask for help and be willing to try something, especially for me. I've, you know, I hit, um, hit kind of a a wall in a certain revenue stream of my business. And it didn't really make sense to me that that would, you know, so I was kind of continuing to just, well, let me just keep hitting the wall with my head. Like, I don't know why, but I just kept trying. And now I'm like, okay, wait, let me just step away and let someone else come in and say, how would they do that? And let's just kind of play. This is also what's kind of fun about being an entrepreneur is that there's never one right way. It's always changing and it's being willing to really be brave enough to let your business teach you and be able to like shift those things. And I think that we're afraid sometimes to to loosen the reins on our businesses and let somebody come in with fresh perspectives.
0: Yeah, look, that's a really, really good point. I think that's awesome. And I think when you were talking as well, I was thinking about... You know, one of the other things that I think is really important to increase our profitability and increase our income is to focus like, you know, now some of this depends on what stage of your business you're in, right? Mm -hmm. And what sequence of your business you're in. So for instance, if you have a very stabilized revenue stream, you could always add on another revenue stream. But what I see too many people doing is diversifying their businesses and having Mm -hmm. multiple revenue streams when none none of their revenue streams are stable, like it yeah. drives me crazy. It is like one of those things that is like not good for financial stability. You want to have one stream that you put all your attention into until it is financially stable. When it's financially stable, then you can move on to a second stream. Prior mm-hmm. to that, it's like building a house of cards. Eventually, yeah. they're all going to fall because none of them are stabilized. And I think it's because we think sometimes as entrepreneurs that we can handle and juggle a million balls, Mm
1: -hmm. but we
0: can't, we can't juggle a million balls. Like we are human. We are who we are. Like it requires us to be able to, you know, really stop what we're doing and focus our energy and attention on one thing that will bring us more profitability so that
1: we can stabilize. Yes. 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 I mean, this is the same thing. um, If you think about dating like when you're trying to find that really serious relationship you're ready to yeah. commit but yet you think that you just have to keep all your balls out in the air right like oh I, like all these like I'm juggling all these different revenue streams I'm juggling all these people because one of them might be yeah. right you know like so if I just keep dating a lot of them like one of them will kind of just work out but guess what it doesn't work out that way because you your attention is going in too many areas you can't really discern what who, who's the right fit and who's not the right fit. But then once you decide that you're going to get really serious about calling in that one, then you're able to really make a successful relationship work. You're, you're able to meet that person and to put all that time and energy. It's the same with our businesses. They are energetic relationships. And if you are trying to juggle all the different ways that that business can work, then you're not giving enough to one. And I, I've lived from this experience and I've kind of had to learn that lesson the hard way because I, I'm a creative person like many entrepreneurs are. And so I was like, oh, but I want to do this. And I yep. do this. And, you know, you and I started yep. um, with child care, yeah. like, woo, and a co-working model, which nobody knew what co-working was and nobody yeah. knew what a wellness co-working space was. And so nobody understood why we had co-working in childcare there. there. Yeah. Um, so but we were just excited about, you know, doing all the things. But remember, going back to the skill building, too, it doesn't mean that you can't have All of those unique revenue streams or you can't do all the things that you're imagining for your business, but phase one, phase two, phase three, like building out those things, focusing on one, making sure that that one's working, giving it all your time and energy and then diversifying or having multiple revenue streams, um, Makes more sense. It will work better. It will actually support you than than just like, well. It
0: really, (laughs) it really, really does. And I get so much pushback for this. Like, really, I have all of my clients commit to one path. Like, they don't like it. A lot of them come in with multiple revenue streams and multiple businesses. And I'm like, if you want to work with me, you pick one and that's what we're gonna work on, and that's what we're gonna focus on. And a lot of times I get a lot of pushback, or they're like, they get distracted, or they like, you know, another opportunity comes and I'm like like, nope, I won't accept it. You know, like, I'm like, I am like harsh. But the thing is, I have seen thousands and thousands of businesses and I know that it does not work unless you literally have so many opportunities and so many people knocking at your door and you literally don't have to do anything. And, you know, people are buying your stuff and it's all really high profit. And like, like there is like teeny, teeny, tiny 0.0001% Exceptions. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it, right? Because we yeah. have a limited ability to focus. Like it literally, and this is the challenge is that when we're having to, you know, we have one business we got one day in, and one business we got another day in, and another business we got, and look, Laura and I know because we have been there. Laura is still mm-hmm. there. Like when you have multiple businesses, it just it no matter how amazing we are, how skilled we are, and Laura is very skilled and amazing, and I was very <laughs> skilled and amazing. But still, you just, it's exhausting. And over time, one or all of them suffer and none of them get off, like really off the ground the way it could be if we just gave all of our attention and energy to it, right? Yes, yes.
1: I know, and I learned the lesson the hard way. My goal is by um, 2020 to just have my one business and then I will have like the latter- 20 years of my career to focus on design. <laughs> but amazing, yes. imagine if I would've started that in my yes. 20s. <laughs> oh, I know, right, look, and I've done it too, like
0: that's the thing, is that we're talking about from a very rich and diverse experience, you know, that, that those multiple revenue streams, they don't work, it, it seems like it works, cause like, you know, it's put, don't put all your eggs in one basket, but you're so much better really focusing, looking at what works, building what you need to build in your business over time so that it really works and and that leads me kind of to another point which is sometimes to make more income we can do minor tweaks it doesn't have to be total disruption because mm-hmm. sometimes that's what a lot of people want to do they're like i'm just going to totally do something different i'm going to like dump everything i've done i'm going to start over i'm going to start from scratch and yeah. i'm like Okay. well, wait, let's (laughs) let's just explore this, because sometimes you can do very small tweaks to your business model, to your packaging, to your pricing, Mm -hmm. like very small things that begin to bring in more revenue. But I think sometimes, you know, back to what we've talked about this episode and last, sometimes we're dissatisfied with. Um, what's normal right or what's you know like the skill building oh we're bored like we want fantastic we want amazing Mm -hmm. we want super stimulation you know like all of that are adrenaline junkie or whatever you want to look at it like entrepreneurs oftentimes run on a lot of adrenaline I mean let's be honest And, you know, we're pushing, pushing, pushing those boundaries. But the thing is, the truth is, is that stability comes in baby steps. Stability comes by slowing down, by being more deliberate, by being more strategic. And sometimes it just takes tiny tweaks to really shift the income you're making.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, and that's why that expression that we don't want to work harder, we want to work smarter. I think there's a book on that. You know, and it it is like, and I would even add, you know, it's not just about working smarter. It is about working more intuitively. It's about working from a place of alignment, with compassion, with curiosity. Like these are the ways that we want to work. This is where you find your power. You step more into your full potential because that is the more sustainable way. It's the connected way to being you in your business. And so much of that revenue is not fully expressed when you're not fully expressed, when you're Mm. not being true to you and you're trying to follow, follow everybody else's, um, path or like you're trying to model after other people, or you're trying to do what you've been told, um, is possible. And I think that the, the, big takeaway for me from these three different episodes we've just really been exploring diving deep into like what is this statistic about women and where are we we're sort of this glass ceiling that we're hitting in entrepreneurship well there is a systemic con- contribution but there's this internal contribution that we're making by just not trusting ourselves i know not believing <sighs> in the power that we have as women which is so suited to creating sustain- sustainable businesses. Like, oh, you guys. We create I, life, for goodness sakes. Like, we can create successful businesses.
0: <laughs> yes. And, and look, you know, none of us are, um, you know, not susceptible to these things. Like, you know, to share some of my own story, like, I spent the last two years, because I have— you know, gotten to a level of success in my business. I want to move it to the next level. I've looked at, you know, you know, mentors, I've hired, I've spent so much money on following all these people that promise the next level of success and the next level of income and blah, 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 blah. Distrusting myself, following their tactics, trying their marketing ideas, trying their philosophies, all misaligned with who I am, right? So I have fallen trapped to that as well, and then realized. None of that works. Like none of what they're teaching and doing is sustainable. None of it is aligned with who I am. None of it is like about skill building and stabilizing. It's all about quick fixes. It's all about short-term outcomes. It's all about making them money, really, honestly, if we're really gonna get honest. It's really just about them selling whatever they think can make them money. You know, and it's like, I had to really widen back last year and be like, you know what? I have all the skills I need. I, it's just gonna take a longer. It's gonna take longer to create some of those bigger outcomes. It's gonna be, take longer to get to that next level of where I wanna get. And that's okay. I can have the patience. I can have the self-compassion. I can have the understanding to take it step by step because I am super stable. My business is super stable. My skills are stable. Like this is the, the thing I talk about all the time. And yet I still felt, into those same self-doubts, those same mistrusting of myself. Maybe there's something I just don't know. Maybe there's some secret and key that someone else has that I haven't learned yet. And it took, it was this amazing integrative process of coming back to myself and realizing, no, I already have the awareness and wisdom I need. I have the stability. I have the skill building. It's just about chopping wood and carrying water. It's just about taking that next tiny, tiny little step. And if you haven't heard the Chop Wood, Carry Water, there's a great podcast episode that's all about the zen of operating your business, just for that reference point. But, you know, I think we we are all facing these things, trying to push our income up or trying to push our success up or push our impact or just reaching more people, right? A lot of us don't even care about making money. We just want to reach more people. We want to help more people. But we have to realize that that process can absolutely be done. I know way more women can be making over $100,000 a year in revenue but we need to do it in the right way, in a way that is self-trusting self-compassionate the way that is sustainable and this is what we have to move to. Yes absolutely. Yeah love it. I love it this was a really great one. So thank you all for joining us and we will have a new topic next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you are enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.